This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals, a mysterious, all-powerful character. A problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. I'm Tiffany. Today, we're going to talk about how to make your own comic book. If you missed last month's episode, there's a link in the description box below this video right here, son of a bitch, where uh, we can talk about uh, starting your own comic book. There's a lot of questions people have, and um, it has been uh, a very popular episode for us. And uh, we figured, you know, we just keep it going because the process to make your own comic book is not summed up in, like, a one-hour video. And everyone kind of asks, you know, very specific questions, but they all kind of have very similar uh, general themes. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to just kind of go in order. So last month, we talked about how to make your own comic book from the perspective of the writer and for uh, how many drafts you need to do, where to find script ideas, uh, you know, basically formulating your idea and making sure you had a clear vision and then... Process and just... process of writing your comic yeah. let's say let's so so now basically from where we go here we're going to assume that you have your concept we you have your script and that you've gone through many revisions multiple revisions so uh, from there we're going to go to the next step let's say yep. i want to okay i've got it it's 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 never going to get any better than this script i have mm-hmm. and i'm ready to start and uh, we're also going to go at it from the perspective of like I'm you're you're not an artist as well because if right. you are an artist as well then while you're writing and developing your script you should be doing character designs uh, character outlines describing what the characters are and what their motivations are you should basically be cre- be creating a series bible yep uh, maybe not necessarily like a full book that you can publish, but certainly a Bible that you can use and refer to when you're deciding what your characters are going to do and how they're going to behave and where the story's going to go and where your like twists, turns, pitfalls, and and and, and big moments are going to be. Yep. So, as an artist, you know you're you're going to be this process gets a little bit less expensive but more frustrating because you're going to be on the hook for figuring out how to do panel design and layout Mm -hmm. and then of course probably if you're going to draw it you're probably also going to try and either ink it yourself or you're going to at least try to letter it yourself it's going to be a mess so that's why we're going (laughs) to it won't necessarily be a mess well it's going to not a mess like i don't think you're necessarily going to be doing doing poorly at it but you definitely have to like come up with like what your you know what your what your strengths are and where you're going to want to put your energies into right because there's not going to be there's no reason for you to be like worried about um lettering if you're not very good at it if you don't know how to do it because you can always find letterers right to do that work for you and that's kind of what the basis for this episode is it's going to be finding people to help make your dream a reality yeah. and from a writer's perspective that's going to be finding an artist and if it's an artist it's going to be finding either a, an inker or a colorist or a letterer or some other yeah uh, maybe a cover artist something like that yep so, uh, okay, uh, when I first made my, when I worked on my first comic book, right? Um, I did, I was not aware of the internet resources that were available to me. Right. In fact, when I was developing a cartoon pitch, well before I even considered making a comic book, um, I had heard about an animation studio through um, Kevin Smith's audio commentaries on his DVDs. Right. And so... From there, I looked for different artists. But even then, I was like, okay, i got to find a studio that makes graphic art in some way. Right. Um, but 
when I met you and you helped me mm -hmm. kind of like figure out how to use resources that are out there online, um, we got to the point where, oh, I can actually just like, it's not unlike, you know, any kind of catalog searches. You're just going to look through the people's work and kind of go from there. So, exactly. But I would not recommend going the way I did, where it was like, oh, well, I live next door to a comic book school i will reach out to those artists and no. then ask them if they want to do it number one they got shit to do number two they're working on their own projects number three it's uh it, your 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 pool is limited your yes. your options are limited yes because there's probably only gonna be like a dozen people that are available to you and right. that's if you live in like the dover new jersey area <laughs> exactly exactly and it's going to be important for you before you even start your search to have some idea of what it is that you will be looking for. Yes, you want to figure out what your what the look is for your book. Yeah, and absolutely. And the best way to do that is to figure out uh, well, is to look through your own uh, your own books, your own like interests. Yes. You know what 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 books attract you and. Uh, figure out like what styles you like, what artists you like, who you think is like really, really good and, and, and exciting. Um, but the thing about that is uh, you want to not just pick your favorite artist or your favorite art style, because that might be your favorite way to look at superhero comics or your favorite indie books, but it might not be the best way for you or it might not fit tonally with the work you're trying exactly. to do. Exactly. So always be aware of, you know, your own personal biases and try and kind of break out of your own comfort zone when you look when you do that. Yeah. So that's a thought. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when okay, so when you're searching for an artist, it's always super important for you to not only um, look for an artist that you like the style of, but to look for an artist that can do sequentials. Yes. Because plenty, like plenty of artists can do a title page. We mentioned this last time, but I just want to, it's very, very important that if you find an artist that you see, not only like if they have one page of sequentials, fine, but you're going to want to see a lot more. Because your favorite, because, okay, let, well, let's talk about where you can find these artists in the first place. Um, in my case, uh, and a lot of people have disparaged this group, which I didn't expect, but uh, I still find it to be an incredible resource, and I've used it in projects before. Yeah. I've referred to other professionals to use this resource. DeviantArt, yeah. while it is kind of a, a meme joke at this point... Yeah, it's a little old school. You will find, like, anyone can join it. There's, you know, like, it, it is very much like anyone can do art, everyone can do art. Um, the one reason I like it is for its search function. Mm -hmm. because yes. Because you can filter just for sequentials. Now, for places like Tumblr and Instagram, you can technically too, but only if that artist has tagged it. So yes. you might be losing out on individuals who don't know how to tag things appropriately. Yeah. So you have, you're 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 kind of shooting yourself in the foot as far as like yes. looking in a more uh, a larger pool that has that is subject to their own kind of. Uh, due diligence as opposed to just being like oh well, I'll just put my book you know if you're doing sequentials you're gonna tag them sequentials and it's gonna go in a section and that's yeah. why DeviantArt really works for me I also used uh, for me I found uh, one of my top artists the guy who actually draws the new Superman book starring uh, Con Kennan um I found him on a website called Pencil Jack. I don't know if Pencil Jack even exists anymore, right. but um, I did a big bunch of research on places to find artists, commu artist communities. Uh, conceptart.org was another place that I looked and found people. Uh, so 
it was it was a great uh, you know the, the 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 point of it is to kind of find artic, artistic communities and being able to search those communities appropriately. Mm-hmm. So once you've kind of narrowed down what communities kind of speak to your your, your sensibilities, then you can start looking for artists that speak to the tone of the book you're trying to create. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, I, I saw somebody say it's kind of hard. It's not that hard because, here's the thing, uh, if you just type in, if you just Google, like, uh, artist communities or uh, comic book art sequentials. In fact, I think there's a subreddit that's, like, comic book art or art comic book artists right. and stuff. And uh, you can also search there. Yep. Um, so it's just basically any large place where people that are creatively inclined produce art. Yeah. It's probably a good place to look. Absolutely. Uh, so then you're okay. Another thing about that is even if you found an artist that rocks and does uh, like this amazing image of like a character that kind of speaks to your your the, the your book. Just because they can do an amazing cover or a static image or a dynamic pose does not necessarily mean that they can do sequentials, right. and that's a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> I mentioned that before. You but, did, but yeah. I'm well. I'm, I'm segueing yeah. into like getting into that a little bit more deeply. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's so painful sometimes because you could find someone that fits your style perfectly, but if they don't, if they can't get themselves into the idea of like drawing the same character over and over again, drawing. Um, you know, environments around them, like thinking about panel layout and, and how it affects the reader and, and how director it affects of photo- the story. and photography, like where the shot is going to be lined up. Yeah. You know, they need to be able to have that kind of already kind of set up. Yes. So from there, uh, okay, so you, you, so you're searching for sequentials. That's mm-hmm. like number one. Number two, find a book that, or find an artist that, that speaks tonally to the work you're trying to produce. Yeah. And then the next thing is, okay, you want to reach out to them. Yep. Okay, and the way to do that is as professionally as humanly possible. Yes. That doesn't mean to fill your like the the the, the your your message your email uh, message with like technical legal jargon. No. But uh, being appropriate, being uh, approachable, being friendly, and being honest and forthcoming, mm-hmm. uh, without necessarily inundating them with all of the all of the chica- all of the the minutia of your project yeah is 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 paramount to probably getting a, an affirmative response back yeah absolutely absolutely what you'll want to do is when you reach out to them is um, just explain the type of project that you are interested in doing that doesn't mean you have to give them the whole story give them the gist of it give them the idea of the length of it um, you know just so that they they can start to formulate if they have the time for this if they um, you know it, how much they are going to charge you for this. Yes. we're going to get to that. Yeah, we're getting to page rates. Um, like that. but like it'll give them a, a good idea if this is something that fits into their current schedule because yes. a lot of artists do rely on commissions to to live essentially. So their their list might be fuller than it seems. And if it's a long like let's say you just wanted them to do like they're like I want to do a one shot. I want it to be a thirty page book. Or if you're if if you want to develop a pitch for a publisher. Yeah. And they want five pages. Yep. Number one, uh, usually if you're pitching to publishers, they want you to have the writer-artist combo already 
set up. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, you have to make sure that the artist is, or, or that the art is uh, suited to the styles that the publisher is looking for. Yeah. So, you know, if you're looking for a manga book, you might not want to reach out to Dark Horse. And, you know, if you're doing a superhero book, you might not want to reach out to uh, Boom Studios or Image. You right. know? But from there, you know, you think about that. But uh, when it comes to your, uh, your working relationship with your artist, um, make sure that you kind of work out what your plan is. And if you're doing like a five-page uh, pitch, mm -hmm. you know, say up front, we're working on a five-page pitch, but, uh, you know, we're hoping to produce X amount of issues or however many pages per issue we're looking to do. Yeah. You know, we're, we're looking to sell, we're, no, we're looking to either like produce the one issue or we're looking to produce a series and, and the five pages are part of the pitch. Now, when I... Uh, used to try and sell books to publishers. One of the things they always told me, pardon me, was get uh, <laughs> was get one book done. Yeah. Do a full book and then self-publish, and that will that will impress publishers and prove to them that you uh, have the stick-to-itiveness and the wherewithal to produce books. This is a lie, mm -hmm. and it does not guarantee you anything. Uh, but it will give you a book. Yes. So if you are going to, if you are interested in seeing your book published, and you don't necessarily care if anybody picks it up, or if you're going to work with uh, Comicsology Submit, for example, which is a great resource, if you want to self-publish but you want it to kind of be legit and available to everybody and digital only, Comicsology Submit, great opportunity. Mm -hmm. But that's further down the line. Yes. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's a lie because it's uh, you know, they're not. It's no guarantee whatsoever. And let's say they like your concept, but they don't like the artist. Then you just spent all this time and money working on a book that uh, has the wrong artist for them. Yep. Uh, but the fact is, for me, you know, that is not necessarily as important as getting the right artist for the project. Yeah. You know, getting getting an artist that. And here's the thing. Um, don't settle. I think. Yeah. That's a very important factor that a lot of people kind of forget about. My computer is a pile <laughs> of crap right now. But uh, one of the things people forget about is uh, you need to be realistic with yourself. And mm -hmm. you need to say, like, I want to get this book done. And the, the closer you get to having a book finished, uh, you're going to want to see it realized even faster than that. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're going to feel like you're, like, running down a hill. And you want to make sure you, that your legs don't fucking trip out from under you. Yep. And you roll down and break every bone in your body. So with that in mind, what you want to do is you want to be realistic with yourself and say, like, is this artist right for the project? Even if they're... Even if you've gone... You've reached out to, let's say... 50 artists and you've only mm -hmm. gotten back four affirmative responses and you know from there you have to also uh, you know don't necessarily just pick the one out of the four because those are the only four that, that got back to you right wait a little while try again keep yep. you know keep keep at it but mm -hmm. if you do find one of those people yes or if you do get four responses yes this is the next step uh let's say you sent out your very professional very clear very uh concise message to artists yes and it's okay by the way to use the same message just as long as it's yeah, tailored it to absolutely is. but uh you know make sure to include something specific about their art that really speaks to you so yes. that, so it doesn't feel formulaic it doesn't feel like a like, form letter they like don't want that letter. no uh by the way this can be applied to web comics as well if you if you choose like you can reach out to different artists the exact same process the only thing is you're going to say we're making a web comic so number one the expectations are to produce a high volume of work in a short amount of time yep and there's this there's this pyramid that everybody talks about of fast cheap and good and you can only get two mm -hmm. so if you want it good and fast it ain't going to be cheap if you want it cheap and good you want it, it's not going to be fast 
you yeah, know, and so exactly. forth. So you have to consider that when you're working on either a webcomic or a, or a, 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 a traditional comic book, yeah. Western traditional comic book. Um, but if you get, you, you send out your, your, your standard response to, to artists, you say, hey, uh, I want to make this book. Here's what it is. Concept, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Uh, from there, you, uh, you're going to talk about page rates. Let's say, because the, if they're responding to you and they say, yes, I'm interested. Yep. Um, you're going to want to talk about how much you're going to pay for them. Yes. And, and that's going to come down to a lot of things. It's going to come down to um, the artist's knowledge of what they're worth. Yes. How long the artist has been working in as an artist, in the industry, essentially. How long they have been doing it. Yeah. Um, if they have done anything of worth or note, you yes. know what I mean, prior to that, they will set a rate that is based on, again, their own set of standards, also industry standards. And there are industry standards out there, artists who talk about this, they talk about what it is that it's worth. It's going to um, depend also on the amount of time it's going to take them. And oftentimes you'll notice that artists, if they know that they're going to be doing a book, if it's like a 30-page book, yes. you'll end up getting a discount on page rates. This is true. Because they know you're in it for the long haul. Yeah. Um, also, um, it's at this point in time, like, they're going to give you a number, and it might be a number you're not comfortable with. Or, you're <laughs> be, or you'll be blindsided by? Yeah. Um, art is worth more than most people think. A yep. lot of time goes into it. It's also going to factor in on what is this artist doing for you? Are they, are they doing character development? Yes. Are they doing just page layouts in pencils? Are they also doing their own inks? Yeah. If that's part of it, that's a whole other job. It's a whole other person you would have paid, and if they're doing that, their page rate's going to be that much more. Yes. Um, do you have a deadline? Is this right. a rush? If there's something like that involved with it, you're going to end up paying a little bit more. Like If they have to squeeze this into their schedule, they can do that. Yeah. So from there, mm -hmm. uh, so you, like let's let's talk about I guess like some expectations for page rates. Mm -hmm. um, so like, what do you expect to pay? And yeah. what can you expect to see from different artists? I'd say if it was an artist that uh, has never produced any work before, yeah. or is looking to uh, build up a portfolio, yeah, you could be looking at anywhere, but and it's just pencils only. Yeah, pencils only. You could be looking anywhere between I'd say thirty-five to fifty to sixty dollars a page. Yeah, and that's a big window. But that's the window that I've encountered personally, yeah. and I've worked with probably over thirty different artists. Yeah. So, from so so that's like kind of a number that you're thinking about. So then you that'll also afford, of course factor into how long your book is, or how many pages you do, or, yep. or what your whole plan is. Yep. Um, now, of course, when I was developing books, Kickstarter didn't exist yet. Right. So that could and sh probably should be a big factor in your. Uh, project yep. is okay let's say that you're comfortable with a 50 dollars page rate or, right you but know? again that is someone who doesn't do this normally yes like they're someone who's looking to get into this industry yes you should be aware that they're going to be kind of learning along with you you both are going to be learning about this process from different angles and right. so you might be surprised to find that uh, they don't adhere to schedules very great, yeah. or they might not uh, be producing work of the caliber you expected from their previous work, and because yeah. you don't have any idea how long they spent working on the sequentials that you saw. 
Um, I had an I had an encounter with an artist who had a body of work who was a professional in some capacity in the in multiple industries had a name for himself and was uh, searchable and so yes. I felt that afforded me some measure of protection. Yeah. Because they didn't want to embarrass themselves publicly and they didn't want to uh, be outed uh, for you know failure to fulfill contractual obligations um i felt that afforded me some measure of protection because here's the thing when you're working with people across the world you're going to be conversing primarily through skype or whatever you know google hangouts or whatever you know phone communication method you're doing yeah um but it's all going to be digital it's all going to be email phone and and skype so yeah. you're not going to be physically near each other no um uh, I did a Kickstarter. We got the funds. We, I then set them on. And, and when, by the way, we worked out a schedule. Um, we wanted the book targeted by, you know, let's say if it was June of 2017, I'd want to have it done, hopefully ready by like let's say June 2018. Yeah. Like that gives them a good solid year for like a let's say 32 page book. Yep. Um, what we did was, uh, I. What you should do is, uh, you never pay everything up front. Never. Because never. you, because you're putting you're putting yourself at a big risk. But so here's the thing. Here is where like this is going to be literally the most uncomfortable part of this whole experience. Yes. Discussing money, discussing payment plans, and discussing contracts. That's right. This is literally going to be the most uncomfortable part of this whole situation because it's going to require you to kind of try to balance and mitigate your own needs while also trying not to insult the other person, but yes. also not letting yourself be suckered into feeling bad for someone. And that's for both. That's for both sides. If you're an artist and you're, you're looking to work with, with someone who has a story, like don't sell yourself short. Yes. Like you need to get paid a certain amount prior. Yeah. Your work and time is valuable. Yes. And it depends on where you are in your life and your career that you can place a certain monetary value on it. You know, if you're desperate for work, yeah. you might be willing to negotiate for a lower rate. Um, <laughs> hey, Tim. <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and there's many different um, concepts and ways that people have figured out how to do these types of payments. Um, sometimes you'll see, like, I know when I've done design stuff, we get, I get a percentage up front yep. for um, work that I've done, whether that be like if I'm, you know, giving a proposal to someone, you get mm -hmm. payment up front for that. That's right. You get a payment at the milestone of 50% through, and then you get the final payment on all product deliverable. That's right. Like, that's like, that's a that's payment That's pretty good plan. standard payment plan, but yeah. work, but look up options. And by the way, when it comes to contracts, a standard work for hire contract can be found with a very simple Google search. Yep. And it's just a good measure of protection. Although, um, you know, you, you don't need to go crazy. You don't need to call a lawyer. You, you know, just finding a, a simple work for hire contract that says the details, what you're doing, who you're doing it with, how long the project's going to take and how much it's going to cost. And then you have it signed by you. You usually scan it in, send a PDF over to them, and then they uh, sign it as well. And then you both have copies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, notarization, not necessarily important because uh, it's, a con it's, it's a standard work for hire contract, with, which is... It's kind of an ass covering, but like I had to work for higher contact with this person that totally screwed me over, and it didn't do de jack dick because no. the fact is because it was across state lines and because it was so far to deal with, you know, it was just it it would the the cost to recoup my losses was greater than my losses. Yeah, and so at that case, like. What are you going to do? Yeah. And you have to just decide, like, what's worth it to you. Basically, by the way, for those wondering what happened without naming names, yeah. um, 
the person um, was going to do this work, kind of offered some concepts, said that their computer crashed, couldn't do the work without, so I'll forward him like his next milestone. Yeah, because what we did was we worked on uh, a milestone payment plan. So let's say uh, every six pages you were paid the rate of six pages. Mm -hmm. And that way it also, it, it incentivized you to finish your pages early, and yep. also it incentivized them, well, that's the incentive, is yeah, to finish it. your pages early. And also, it, it, there's some protection. So it's not like you just say, here's uh, here's the project, go draw it, I'll see you in six months. Mm -hmm. And then hope that they did it. And then give them all the money then. No, mm -hmm. milestones are the way to go. And actually, yeah. that was thanks to actually Tim in the chat. He gave me the idea for the milestone thing yeah, in the first place. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, nothing was ever, by the way, that guy, nothing. 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 And upon... Eventually, he did. Like, well, eventually what happened was, because he's a clear sociopath, what happened was he, mm -hmm. like, he... He drew some concept art. We worked out uh, a payment plan. Everything was on the up and up. Contract signed. Kickstarter done. Uh, and then uh, the delays came in. And what you do is we, I would keep contacting him. And, of course, maintaining a good relationship with people is knowing how to kind of, like, reach out and say, you know, it's taking a long time based mm -hmm. on our milestones without being a dick and without, like, being kind of, like, overbearing. So, sent out gentle reminders, no reply, eventually kind of sent out a little more strong rev reminders, eventually did get a reply, heard a bunch of excuses. Um, most of the excuses were, like, I can't do the work because my computer broke. Yeah. And I need extra, I need, like, the first three milestones in order to fix my computer, which sounds really fishy, but because he had a name in the industry, it was not, yeah. of, like, it, it, there was some expectation of, of, of legitimacy. Yep. Sent that money, he clearly spent it on something else, or he bought a new computer, who knows? Who knows? But, Nobody really knows. But then, uh, eventually, I, I threatened legal action, and he sent three really rushed, very poorly done pages. Yep. And that was when it was obvious that he was a he was a shyster. Yep. Um, so, so by the way, no money had, was ever given back. Um, nope, never got the money back. Will not speak to Sal any longer. Nope. Pretends like nothing happened. And just on a side note, I did run into him. Yep, at a con at a at, at, a, a, at a large convention and out of state. Yep, yep, I sure did, and uh, he's shows no remorse. He's no, just I, a complete monster. I, he really was, I, I, and I wish Sal had been there, but he wasn't. I was just there. There was nothing I could do yeah. other than make him feel really uncomfortable and essentially ruin the rest of his convention, which was nice because he was constantly probably looking to make sure that I wasn't yeah, waiting for exactly. him. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was kind of just funny. nuts. That was but all I could. It was do. It's so terrible. And then thankfully we got a better artist, and yep. actually, just frankly, yep. a better artist. And more professional, and he's actually a comic book artist. Yes. Who works for DC, and the other guy is nothing. Yeah. Works for some shitty company, I don't remember. So, all right. So, let's say it the comes... The Savage Zoobs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, let's say you do, like, negotiate with an artist. Right, you found your right. artist, you've written up your work for hire, and by the way, what you do is, when you, you, you get your work for hire, you, you, you custom it, you send it over, you say, is this okay with you? Yeah, you know, and and if they have any specific details, you just you you work out the details. But I was gonna say before you even get to that point, what I'm gonna suggest you do, and we have done this, and like literally, like it was it was I'm so glad we did this. Um, offer to pay them, you know, a portion of their page rate to see a couple of sample pages. Yes. 
And by yeah. that, like, it could be one sample page. Or it could be, and it, and it could be breakdowns. It doesn't yes. have to be full finished pages. No. They could be. But just an idea. Because, and we did end up actually paying someone for one page just to see, because they showed us some thumbnails that looked great. The actual pages were like someone else, like, else had it's done. It's like someone entire. else had done. It was like Which... night and day. And that's fine. Like, look, like, I've, I've done work where I'm just like, this looks great in the thumbnail. And then when it gets bigger, I'm like, what, what happened? Yeah, what happened I there? I don't know what happened there. Um, so I would definitely. Um, I would definitely request a sample page because you're going to want to see how they play in the sandbox with your characters. And pick a cool page. Like, yeah. pick a page that has a that has a range of images. Yeah. Don't pick a page where it's two characters talking in a room. Yeah. Because I, it's that, that's there's less work there. Exactly. And I would, um, for that page, you know, since it's kind of a trial, like, you don't want to undersell them. You want them to put some effort into it. I would suggest offering them anywhere between sixty to one hundred percent of their typical page rate for that. For ju- for the for, for the sample, yes. Because it's something where it's just like you can like be like, I agree to do this. It's like almost like a little commission, mm-hmm. and then it's like upon your approval, then you guys could go forward. You yes. know what I mean? But like, it's gonna you're gonna find out a if you guys work well together because that working relationship is going to be very very important. If they understand what it is you're telling like telling them to do, if they um, are willing to come and ask you questions, if they're not sure, if they understand what's going on in your mind and get an on the page or can improve on that um you know and if they can actually give you panels that look good on the page or like they can just prove themselves essentially as a a great panel layout because like that's important panel layouts are very important yeah um so i would definitely recommend yeah get that yeah and and make sure they get it like don't be like you know like you don't have to hide like behind that just be like you know before we go any further with this you know like i like your page right Mm -hmm. i like your work i would love to like commission you to do like a page like one of my pages just to see how we work together just to see what it's going to look like just be open with them yeah because then you could also develop uh you could send over the script and they could say either and then that also speaks to how well um, you work together as far as like how they interpret your writing and yeah. how you can adapt your writing to fit their style. Um, you could sign an agreement for that but if you, you want. You know what to, else helps? You, you don't have to. They, usually, what they'll do is they'll throw a watermark over it. Yeah, yeah. Tell them like to feel free to do that. Um, you could easily do something where you pay them. Like, let's say their page rate was like eighty dollars, right? Like, and let's say you agree that it'll be sixty for this trial, essentially, right? You give them thirty up front, and the other thirty when they get there. Yes. So you've only if they don't give you anything. Unfortunately, you've lost thirty dollars, but you only lost thirty dollars, and you learned a lesson about the artist. That's right. Yeah, and then you just put them on your list of people you don't trust yeah. and exactly. <laughs> don't recommend. Exactly. Um, by the way, that one example I used or we used that was like a negative experience. Yeah. That was the only negative experience. It was. It was like we've had plenty of other really great experiences. Very... We've had we've had experiences where we haven't gone with the artist because they weren't like suited it just to the style. Didn't work, yeah. But it's been a, an amiable uh, experience. Like yeah. no one was like no one felt screwed. Yeah. Exactly. 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 Usually because everybody got paid. Yeah. Like people were paid for their time. Exactly. No one was just. No one's time was wasted. Yeah. If you like, look. Here's the thing. You're both artists in this sense. Like you're a writer. You're a creator. You're a creative in general. You're an artist. And they, you know, like through like pencils, digital, whatever it is, they too are an artist. And if you respect each other on that level, mm-hmm. like the process is going to go so much more smoothly. It's true. Especially if you recognize the fact that you're going to have to pay them for the sample. Yeah. Too many times you see people being like, I want this done. Like, and I'll, and like, I'll pay you if, if it looks nice, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's, you're not, no. First of all, if you do get that, you're going to get someone who is like not, as strong an artist potentially or what it is you're looking for um and you're, you're gonna get a lot of flack for it because yeah. like artists want to be paid i mean just like you want to be paid for your finished book exactly um so again so let's do a quick recap um 
before we move on. Yeah. Um, it's important to know what kind of style that you're, you're looking for. You're looking for, and, and be, oh, be be honest with yourself yes. as far as what styles you like versus what styles you think would be best for the book. Yes. And don't don't uh, don't compromise in that regard. Don't be like. Well, I really think this art is going to be awesome. Yeah. But I think this art needs to be the certain way. Like, yeah. don't be afraid to go. Well, does it and challenge everything that's going on. Yes. So. Um. And to add a quick addendum to that, um, while you're thinking about what fits for your style, again, like let's say you're doing a horror comic. Well, unless it's very tongue in cheek or it has a humor element, like um, Gertie Hurdy's art, yeah, Gwenpool isn't going to cut it. It's not going to give you that tone that you're looking for. Exactly. Like, you want something that's maybe a little bit more like something like Jock, you know what I mean? Or, you know, something that's just hyper-realistic. Like, yeah. you're, you're going to be looking for something more towards that. Um, but also consider your end product. Yeah. And by that I mean, is this a product that you intend on getting printed? If you're going to get it printed, is it going to be in color? Yeah. Is it going to be in black and white? You know what I mean? Like, if that's the case, then the person who you get pencils and inks from, if it's just going to be black and white, they have to be great. Yes, they. Yeah, because, because that's be going to no, be the main event. Yeah, there'll be no color to save it, you know, or to enhance it in any way, shape, or form. So make sure you have that in the back of your mind, too. Like, does this person's, like, pencils look great on their own? Yes. And, like, if so, awesome. Or if you're like, man, this person's pencils look great, and when, they, like, I've seen them color, they're even better yeah. and that's what i want and you're going to pay for colors yeah great if you're only doing digital then color fine it doesn't matter the sky's the limit then. that's true um can you afford to pay an inker and a colorist as well these are all the things just keep in the back of your mind as you're doing your artist search yeah and uh when it comes to finding an inker artist or inker and colorist and letterers yeah. exact same process as looking for an artist i found exactly um you know you're looking for inkers uh you reach out to them and yep. then you get a sample and so forth a letterer pretty yeah. that you probably don't need as many samples because you can just see what exactly done. what's kind of fun with the anchor too is if you have the sample from the artist that you have chosen you can send them that yes and let them ink that that's that's the way to go um because then you can see how their inks will play with your penciler yeah um like do they do they enhance them do they ruin them because i've seen plenty of great pencils destroyed by an anchor who just didn't get it yes and that's fine like some anchors are better at, at, at certain you know, types of pencils as opposed to others. So, you know, just, I would just keep using those samples as you go. Yes. And uh, just on a personal note, this isn't a rule of thumb, certainly by any means. I found that if you're looking for your book to strike with people, uh, color is always better. Yeah. <laughs> No, it is. It's absolutely true. I and hate to say it look, because, like, I, there's a lot of great black and white books. No, there are. And here's what's funny is, like, um, you know, I've seen Image do those, um, the large format books where it's, like, the first issue of a book and it's just the inks. Yeah. And they're spectacular. Yes. And that's fine, too. Like, but there's something about that because it's, like, taking away, a, like, a layer. It's, like, peeling something back to see, like, yeah. the, like the, the heart of it. But you have to have an incredibly strong inker to make that really work. And you know what? Here's the thing. If you don't have it in your budget for color, that's okay. Mm -hmm. You can always do these things in stages. You yeah. can get the book penciled, and then you could, like, maybe you need a year to, to make the next amount of money for the inking. Then you can get the book inked. Yeah. And then you can decide, you know, you could try shopping it around at that point mm -hmm. to see how people feel about it. And if they're not, like, if, the, if people aren't feeling it, they really want to see it in color, well, that gives you some time to save up for that as well. Like, you don't have to do this all at once. No. Uh, but if you want to get it all at once, <laughs> then you need to get your budget in order and find out how much it's going to cost. Yep. And 
so when it comes to Kickstarter and stuff, you're going to want to have your people, your, your, your creatives lined up. And by the way, somebody asked about credit. Always credit your artist and always credit the people involved. Yeah, um, absolutely. Especially absolutely. since you're, especially if you're, if you're publishing slash producing your own book, yes. then do it right. And I say do it right by, um, you know who doesn't get a lot of credit? The inker and the colorists yeah, and absolutely. the letterer. So give them their credit. And yeah. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to load your cover up with names, just just do but, it, like, look, and that's something where you just follow, like, a lot of the industry standard. Just do it where you, you like, it's just the, the last names. Yeah. You know, just go with that. Yep. You know, it, it looks very professional. Yes. Your artist will appreciate it. Yep. And if your artist appreciate it, it's something that you're trying to get exposure for. Mm -hmm. More than likely, they're going to feel a sense of pride because you made sure that they knew they were involved with it. They're a part of this process. Yeah. So they're going to share it with their communities as well. Yes. Um, I would say cover art, by the way, is probably one of the last steps. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. but as far as that's concerned, my, re my rule would be have the interior artist do the cover art. You can. I've um, had I've had it both ways. And well, here's the thing, and that's where it comes down to: <laughs> is your interior artist strong at a splash page? Because that's essentially what the cover is. And if that's not their strength, you may want to find someone else whose style is similar enough yes. that it, it, it that it doesn't seem weird. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But uh, but yeah. So from there, let's say you've lined up your artist and you've worked out a great arrangement. Yep. And uh, I assume, and we'll, we're going to assume that you're not independently wealthy enough to be able to pay him him or her everything. Right. Uh, so you're going to work on your Kickstarter project. And uh, so from there, when it comes to developing Kickstarter, there's a whole episode about Kickstarter, which we'll do in the future, I'm sure. Yes. But for now, what I would say is include in your contract the timetable for the Kickstarter. Yes. Now, thankfully, Kickstarter is usually about 30 days, so you're only going to be waiting at most a month to get the funds necessary for you. Well, exactly. I think it's I think it's 30 days for the Kickstarter to fulfill, and then it, you, it, you have to wait a week or two for the funds to clear. Exactly. But you're only looking at maybe two months maximum between signing an artist and then doing the Kickstarter. Exactly. Oh, also... Um after, like, in that process, while you're selecting the artist, you guys are going back and forth, you're talking about page rates. By yeah. the way, feel free to tell them your budget. They will appreciate that. Yes. Because they can tell you out of the gate, like, I can't work for that amount. Yeah. Like, I can't make that work. And they might be able to actually make suggestions. Lots of artists, they know other artists. They know other people who maybe have a similar style to them or, you know, could do a, a comparable job, but for that, for that amount, like... Be open with them. Tell them what about. Don't keep it a secret. Let them know. You know what I mean. Like just like it's always good to be open about that. Absolutely. Um. Also, um. At some point, you are gonna have to be comfortable enough to send them your script. Yes. Because that could be a deciding factor for them mm -hmm. too. Like they might be like, "Hey, I am interested in doing a book. Like, what's it about? Tell me about it." So you tell them a little about it, and they're like, "Okay, I, I you know, could I, could I read some of it?" Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's kind of that could be difficult for a writer because you spend a lot of time, and it's so easy in a way to steal words and ideas because that's mm -hmm. really what the script is in a sense. It's it's really just your your ideas. Um, put onto paper whereas with the artist like the artist can put out their work it can of course be stolen but you could be like i drew this it's right here yeah you know what i mean like i did this mm -hmm. um whereas with the the script you know it, it, it's it's it's, it's harder to it's a little harder it's a little harder to let that go but eventually you will have to like let them see it i've never had an issue with having my ideas stolen through no. a script but, no, but i think some people I can, understand can be that nervous about yeah. that but don't be you know what i mean if, if you find someone who is seemingly very professional you know what i mean you guys like have been chatting back and forth like send them over some pages let them see what this book is about let them oh, yeah. like get a feel for it because yeah. like they um you know again might be like 
I was really interested in this, but like now that I'm reading it, like I'm not sure this is a good fit. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well. Um, uh, or they could be like, I'm used to working this way, mm-hmm. and could you provide me with that kind of detail? And like that could be part of the like, is this going to work or not? Yeah. Um. So again, like that's just something eventually you'll have to to do. Yeah. Um. And. You know, having that kind of open communication, like writer and artist, is is going to be invaluable going forward. You want, as a writer, you're going to want your artist to feel like they can come to you at any point in time and ask you a question. Yes. Um, You're going to want them, like, you're going to want to be open with them if you were like, you know what, I trust your work. Especially like as pages are coming in. Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be seeing. You're gonna be <clears throat> seeing how things are going, and there might be a point where like you know you can send edits to them, like they'll let you know, and that's. Get that's a schedule with them. Yeah. You want to know what they're working on at all times because there might be a moment where you change something. Once the artist has drawn it, if you have to have them go back and change it, that's going to cost you another page, essentially. Yes. And um, usually they have they have worked out in their page rates, but it's sometimes if they have less experience, they yeah. won't think to do this. Exactly. Um, and, but you'll work out a uh, an edit. Like, you know, you're usually allowed... I've seen most... For the most part, the artists I've worked with have, like, two edits. Yeah. That's it. And per here's page. the thing. Too. Um, and I guess it's kind of the next point. Yeah. Um, in your process, as you're, as, okay, you've got your artist. It's awesome. You're very excited. You like their sample. Um, you can't wait to get this going. You figured out your payment schedule. Maybe it's every four pages. Maybe it's at the halfway mark with a payment at the beginning and a payment at the end, depending on their needs and depending on your available funds. Because mm-hmm. your needs are important too. It's it's a balancing act here. Yeah. Um, you're gonna want to work out a schedule of deliverables. Yep. And by that, I mean, you know, do you want to see thumbnails? Yeah, I would. I would, too. I want to see thumbnails. I want to see what they're what they're thinking about laying out. I want to make sure that before they get too into the work, if there's an error, I can catch it. Yeah, So, or if there's a misunderstanding yes. of your script. Um, you're also going to want to, well, as, as an artist, you're also going to want to, like, well, that, that's another thing. But, yeah, uh, you want to make sure that, you know, the wrong character isn't talking. Yeah. Or that... You know, if a person is uh, you know in, in a room versus out of a room, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things. You, there's a lot of things that you're not prepared for that you'll right. be surprised by. That you're like, oh, I didn't even think that this would be an issue, right. or I thought I was really clear in my script about what was going on. Exactly. But as it turns out, I'm not nearly as uh, I wasn't nearly as clear in this moment. Exactly. So you can do a series of thumbnails with them, followed by roughs, followed by finals, if you wanted to, or you could just do the roughs and the finals. And the roughs are you'd see like a standard comic book page size, and yep. they would have like everything kind of drawn out but there would be not a lot of detail yes. to it and it would be easy for them to change it with the thumbnail it would be like a smaller version of it with like barely any detail mm-hmm. to it just to give you an idea and that's going to be up to you and your artist yes um but you want to decide like all right how often do you want to see a rough like for each page how much time goes by before the rough and the final how much time do you have to edit that you know what yeah. i mean like okay they they within you say you decide like once a week or, like, like, you'll get a rough one week, and then the next week you'll get the final. And then yep. you'll get the rough, and then you'll get the final. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah. the artist might be very fast. So he might be like, I don't need that much time. No, it's true. So he'll let you know, or they'll let you know, what, you know, their working speed is for this type of thing. Yeah. But um, you're going to also want to put in there the amount of time you have to edit it. And they're going to appreciate that, because 
you get a rough back, you don't want to hold them up for a week and a half, no. not giving them edits. Yeah, sitting on it and no, thinking about it. No. Life happens sometimes, and yes. sometimes that's it's going to happen. Like, and, and be upfront about your yeah. about any delays. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to having your script and having your artist, before you have your artist set, you should probably have your script already ready to go. Yeah. And, and like, by probably, I mean you should definitely have your script finished. Yeah. I mean, like, look, if you're in a situation where, for some reason, you have, like, a best friend or, like, a friend or an acquaintance who's an amazing comic book artist, right? And you guys are working together and, like, they're looking to, to do this to, to hopefully get themselves out there. Yeah. That's a very different situation. Those edits could be happening all the time because they're, like, you know, doing this whatever. This person's being paid. Yeah. They're not doing it as an hourly rate. It's a page rate. Yep. Um, so there, you're not going to want to make significant changes because if you don't have at least that issue completed, right, mm -hmm. that you want to have done or that arc completed or whatever, like whatever format you're doing, right? Yeah. So let's just say the first issue. Yeah. We always, usually you're thinking in the first issue. Well, I was thinking if you're doing or like a, a web graph, comic. A web comic, be, yeah. Yeah. But like in the first issue, if you don't have that ending and by the time you get to the end, um, it, you've changed something that affects the rest of the book, that artist now has to stop everything and yeah. go back and fix all of that. Yeah. So it's better for you to have worked kind of all of that out as you go mm -hmm. um, just to save you financially. Oh, nothing agreed. Else. Yeah. When it comes to thumbnails, by the way, if you're looking to, if you are an artist and you are working with a writer and you want to send over thumbnails, usually the thumbnails are pretty messy. They can be just scans. They don't have to be like a no. full complete thing. It doesn't have Not to be very all. detail oriented. Just to, just to give the writer a, like a, a clear idea about what the what the shot composition is and by the way most of the artists i've worked with usually don't send thumbnails usually no. get like the roughs right but it depends i've seen i've seen artists do it depends on their process it really does it really depends on yeah their sometimes process. they like i've worked with uh, okay so when i've developed scripts some some artists if you're working with them really really want to be uh they really want to have a lot of detail in their script they want to know every last thing that's happening and they want to know like i say write down right like they want an alan moore script that says <laughs> every last thing yeah and some artists really would like the or really flourish in an environment where they're given a lot of space yep and so uh what i would recommend in that case is develop your script for yourself because you haven't decided on an artist yet. When you have developed your script and it's finished and it's 100% done, you have you've done through like like 12 different revisions, then uh, give it to the artist and see what they think and if the artist, you know, prefers mm -hmm. a little more loose, that will uh, be determined whether you go forward with that by your level of comfort in what they can give you. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you'll want to like edit a page because you 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 say, "Holy shit, they can do something amazing." Um, or they can do something that I didn't even think about. Yeah. And don't be afraid, by the way, to get notes from your artist about like, what you want to get, um, you know, or what you want to see. In terms of copyrighted like items. Yes. Um. Okay. So let's say you're just doing something for fun, just for you. Yep. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Like, no one's gonna argue. Literally, with it. if you were doing something as a gift for friends or something like that, you're like, well, I'm gonna put together a book of like our adventures, mm -hmm. but like where whatever. It doesn't matter. You're not selling it. There's no issue there. It's for like private yeah. viewing only. So or it's for fine. public viewing, but you're not making any money off of it. Yeah, um, but even still, some it's dicey. It's dicey there. But um, when it comes to in your comic book, if you're if you're making it with the intent to sell, yes, you cannot use logos. You can't use logos. Um, uh, I, and I've had a, I've had a, uh, it's a little bit tricky as to referencing real things. Yeah, that can be like. 
a huge problem. Like, you can't necessarily use likenesses of individuals. Like, yeah. for example, um, in Preacher. Yes. John Wayne. John Wayne was not... Uh, well, they... I think they danced around it. And I don't they know. Did. I, well, I don't, and, I, and I'm sure they probably had to pay the Wayne estate if they wanted to use yeah. his likeness. But they did do Bill Hicks in the book, yeah. and they used his likeness. But and I don't know why. It or depends how they... on the estates and their like, especially with those people. Like, yeah, well, it depends on if they're public, if they're a public figure, or if they are like, if they have a, have an estate in a private. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Um, but just in general, in terms of copyrighted items and not even copywriting your work, we'll get to that point at, like in the future. But for copyrighted items, stay away from logos, stay away from likenesses, um, stay away from like, even like, unless you're parodying something. Parody opens up a whole different aspect of the law. It's yep. how Weird Al can do what Weird Al does. Yes, but he's also not like a graphic artist, and so no. it's a it's a totally different world. Um, I mean, look at what you do is you look at your uh, you look at your peers. Uh, yeah. Marvel doesn't use logos and major companies. Like I noticed that like uh, in Times Square, if there's like a Sony thing it says stony or says like sorny or yeah exactly just go they go they they use you know loopholes to get around it. yeah and that and that's acceptable that's totally yeah. fine to i know do. i had a weird situation where when i was writing uh garth kirby there's a line where they say um how'd you know all this and about me and the character replies like i googled you yeah and i had a lot of like frustration with whether or not i could use that term mm -hmm. and i did a lot of research and i found nothing and so I wound up going with it. I was like, yeah. you know what? Google is a company, yep. but I'm using it as a verb, yep. and it's in the vernacular, so I think I'm safe, Yes. but I did not go through a copyright lawyer to use that, yeah. and so that's a question. There's some things that you're going to just have to make your best guess on, yeah. but for the most part, like, you can't put Superman. Yeah, you, you can't. can't. Put the, you can't put his S unless you make a, a parody nope. of it. yeah. Um, no, but if you're doing a parody, that's a totally different it's thing. It's different, very like, different. Especially if it's a clear parody. Yes, and that's, if you're going to do parody, make it as clear as possible. Yeah, like if you're doing a, a, a superhero tick type book, yeah. then the sky's the limit as far as like fudging it. But you yeah. have to be very careful about like, to, about, yeah, it's, tr it's tricky it and I don't know the law as well as that. No. But, uh, but there know. is plenty of information out there, but yeah. like keep that in the back of your mind. If this is something you intend on selling at some point, if that's something you'd like to do... You, you want to leave as many roadblocks out as possible. Exactly. You don't you, want to trip yourself up just because you put a Metallica song in there. Yeah, or like someone's wearing a Metallica shirt, because especially not with those guys. Um, yeah, especially those guys. <laughs> but like when it, but they're a good benchmark for like, oh, we probably should avoid it. Yes. Um, know, plus, like it's it's tough what about know? song quotes that's a great question like when i was in elementary school we had an author come in i don't remember the author i don't remember the book i don't remember anything about it all i know is that they told us that they had a character singing a theme song or like whatever for like a restaurant or something like that like something mm -hmm. from tv essentially right yeah. and they had to get the rights to publish that. And they had, I think, available to them either for a very low sum or none the first, like, five words. Right. So what they had to do was have the character whistle the rest of it. Mm -hmm. That's fair. 
because they couldn't afford it. Yes, and they've so, done that. You see, you can see that actually in comics where they'll only use a certain amount of things. Like I remember uh, Peter Parker singing Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. and he only sings like a few lines yeah. of it. So like, definitely look that up. Look up like um, what's fair use. Yes. Um, those are fair use, Creative Commons terms. You're gonna need to know. We'll talk more about that when we get into that whole section. Yep. Um, but I definitely want to talk about lettering. Yeah. Because lettering is always the unsung hero. I mean, people say inking is, but like I think the inker colors get way more credit than the letterer mm-hmm. the letterer is going to be a vital vital part yeah, it, of your book it really, <laughs> you could have the best artist and the best inker and really dynamic colors and if there is really shitty lettering yeah it will destroy your it'll lose you'll lose all credibility yeah here's the thing it's like in your head you're gonna have that moment where you're like i could just letter this myself. Right, i can letter I myself to- i know how to use photoshop trust me letterers get paid for a reason they know how the brain goes through a good letterer knows how your your mind will read a panel yes they know how to create a conversation they know how to hopefully like let you know there's too much dialogue here yeah. i can't fit this all in here um they'll also know um what fonts to use because fonts are going to be very important to this readable fonts are going to be very important fonts that you have licenses for are going to be very important you don't want stuff like that when you're looking to create a logo for this don't use a font that you don't have a license for don't do it it's not going to be worth it if someone catches you it's not going to be worth it yeah you know like so like a letter is 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 important um that's one of those where it's gonna be a little more difficult to get like a sample for mm-hmm. because well but what you know what you, you do can... usually if they have examples then yeah. that's a good way to, to tell how exactly it's exactly and you know you're gonna have to consider too like do you have a lot of onomatopoeia do you, are you looking for a letter who's gonna think outside the box do you because i've seen books where like in doom patrol yeah um like issue three the the artist and letterer came together and they used actual comic covers to tell part of the story and that's part of the lettering essentially yeah. right like is that something you're gonna want to happen do you want a letterer who can do that or do you want a very like you know buy the books here are the panels here here's the lettering like here yeah. are the bubbles conversation 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 you know yeah. that kind of thing Yes, you do have to get permission for certain there are, fonts. There are licensing out there. There's plenty of resources where you can get free ones, legally free ones. One of my favorite is Font Squirrel. Okay. Um, all the fonts on there are under Creative Commons, so you can... Um, just use them. You can just use them, and you can use them to make money off of them, too. Yeah. As long as you don't bundle them and try to resell them, mm-hmm. you're fine. There's also um, Font Bundle. Yep. They give away free fonts. Yeah. And, like, you just look at the licensing. Is it, like, a premium license? That means that you can use it to make money. You can use that to put on a T-shirt and sell. Yeah. Um, Helvetica, you have to pay for it. You yeah, it's not yours. You have to pay for those licenses. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but um, I wouldn't get hung up on that. No, don't get hung up on that. It's just those kinds of things that it's, like, it's these little things, you know? Like, yeah. Especially if you're looking to come up with a logo. Especially if it's something that, like, you want to be able to put on a T-shirt, you know? Defont is a little iffy because there people can put up things there that may not be um, usable license-wise. Right, they just put it up. Yeah, the other places that I, I, I referenced, they cultivate these on mm-hmm. purpose. Um, there's also places you get some really great deals on yeah. things. Like, I literally, from Font Bundle, they were doing an auction, and I got um, a package of fonts. So had I bought them individually without any sale, would have cost me th- over $350, and I got it for 15 Nice. 
Um, <laughs> but that's more or less it for the graphic artist. You know what I mean? Thinking yeah. about that. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, these are the kinds of things that you have to consider. I mean, like, especially if you're choosing to develop your own comic book. It's one of those things where they say, like, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Like, yeah. everybody would have their own comic book if they didn't consider yeah. all these different steps. And it's th- these are things that, like, you kind of, that I wish I had known when I first started, but yes. if I didn't, I wouldn't have learned all these things, so it's oh, kind yeah. of a catch-22 in um, that case. But we ne- you need to know, you need to just be aware of the things that you're going to be encountering so that you- you're not discouraged halfway through and you didn't waste a whole bunch of money. Yeah. There's something we didn't really talk about, which yeah. I feel like we should, Okay. we went right into the sequentials. Yeah. Let's say you have this cast of characters. Yes, and you don't know what the hell they look like. Or you know what they look like, but only through words. Exactly. Now, here is um, where you can get pretty much any artist that you like to draw them. Yes. Because the artist that you get to draw them may not be the one that you want to do the sequentials on, but at least you'll have something to go from. Yeah, that's actually when I developed my comic Horseman, when it was going to be a cartoon show, I reached out to a group called Powerhouse Animation Studios. And uh, they're an animation company. Mm-hmm. And uh, I asked them to help me develop... Actually, no, a friend of mine drew them. A friend of mine from college drew the characters mm-hmm. and gave me like some a basic design scheme for the four main characters. Mm-hmm. And then I took those designs and the character like descriptions over to Powerhouse, and they wound up taking one character... I paid a, a, a fee, and they gave that like one character to four or five different artists, and yep. they all produced one like their own version of one character. Yep. And then when I selected one version of those char- that, that character, I said, that's the design... I want to go with, and then I gave that artist the other three characters, and then he developed those, the, like that look, right. and that kind of defined the look of the series. But he didn't draw the book. Yeah, you know, he drew the character designs, and then we took that aesthetic and then transferred it over to other yes. er- or other characters and other or other artists yep. who developed other characters and uh, developed uh, a bunch of other things. Wow, guilty Norris, you work for Hat Powers? They rock. That's uh, awesome. Tell Bruce Tin and I said hi. <laughs> um, I, there's a couple questions I definitely want to answer but remind me to come back to this whole character getting, yeah get, getting your characters um are flags fair game yeah as far as i know oh yeah yeah, yeah. flags are fine They're unless fine. it's like well if uh, nation flags anything that's yeah like public donate domain yeah. like, like a country's a country's fine a country's good. national anthem is fine yes. you know these are you know anything that's in the public domain anything you notice that's like kind of everywhere yes um presidents are fine uh you know quotes attributed to people are fine. Like, I I did a book with a bunch of quotes from movies that were just... But I attributed them to the character in the movie, and that worked out fine. Yeah. So, So that's that's okay. Um, Also, someone asked, uh, which is the most expensive pencil or inker colorist letterer? The penciler. Yes, going to be the most expensive. always going to be the most expensive. But I found that there are some letterers that uh, cost almost as much as the penciler. I was going to say followed up by the colorist. Yes, the colors are incredibly expensive. They're going to be expensive, too. The penciler, though, is the person who's going to bring this to life. So, in my opinion, like that's the person that you're going to budget the most for yes um going back to talking about like getting your characters developed in the first place you can do it kind of one of two ways you can just get like here's the image of my characters right or you can kind of get them done where it's like here is like a character profile page where it's like the front of the character the side of the character the back of the character if they have an alternate outfit that kind of thing something that's more like that character bible that you were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier so that's something you might want to consider budgeting for again that is going to cost you some extra money but um it you can go with 
an artist that you like. You, um, you won't be paying for sequential, so that kind of helps. Yeah. Um, but you still have to pay um, a little extra money there, especially because you'll have to decide do you want just pencils, inks, or colors because usually an artist who does that type of work yeah. will offer you all of those for a specific price. Totally. So, I mean, that's a little bit of a rundown for part two of what uh, goes into developing a comic book. Obviously, it is uh, a multi-layered, multi-faceted, multi-step mm -hmm. process that costs every step of the game. Like, every time that you think you're done, you gotta pay for something else and it's gonna be another thing. Yes. But, uh... Thankfully, you don't usually have to pay everything all up front, so no. you can take your time to develop your exactly. thing. I mean, Garth Kirby and the Cookbook of the Gods, which is a book that I developed. Uh, number one, it went through two different artists. Number two, um, it had two different covers. Yes. Uh, the first cover was just not as dynamic. Like it was just. It's just a cool image. It was a cool but it image, wasn't... but it didn't work. And no. then I was like, well, no, I need you need something more that, that pops more. Yeah. And he developed something even better than I expected. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the next one, uh, then we only had it in black and white because I'd resign myself to not having the money for colors because what happened was we did Kickstarter. I spent all, I blew all my money on this one guy who stole it all and then I just paid out of pocket to, yep. for the other thing because I was so embarrassed for having wasted everyone else's money through the Kickstarter that I paid the other artist to just develop the book. Yeah. And just, just that was it. And, uh, but... We did pencils and inks, and then published the, and then we printed the book, mm -hmm. and then uh, that never got any traction. So then I said, "Okay, fuck that. I'm gonna go with colors." But that was like a year or so yeah, later. Exactly. And you know, still have the high res images, still have the pen the inks. So just yeah. sent it over the colorist, and eventually that got done, and yeah. uh, and and it looks even better. So I mean, exactly, and that's gonna be part of it too. Like that might be part of your your contract with them, with your yeah. schedule, with your artist is you will get low res like previews of things mm -hmm. and then you'll get your high res finals of that's them. right you want to make sure you'll use something like either google drive dropbox something like that just because these files are going to be huge yeah when they send them over which is what you want you yeah want you want huge big. files because you want them because they're going to be printed on paper exactly or yeah. at the very least they're going to be guided view on comics exactly so you're going to want that um also hey just don't feel bad do it in a nice way but don't feel bad like if there's something in a page that you get back a rough that you don't like like, it's okay to tell them. Yes. Do it in a productive manner. Yeah, just say, like, oh, <laughs> like this, this looks really great. I love, like, how you did this, this, and this. But I'm thinking of this as in more of a style of this. Or I'm yeah. thinking that this would be that this would be stronger if it was this. Or, yeah. or would you mind showing me a version that does this? Yeah. Feel free. You know, most artists, like, they'll initially be like, oh, like, it's going to be like that pang. Of yeah, like, but oh, that's what like they're, they're like. going to go through that. But they're going to appreciate you coming back to them with a suggestion or, like, having, like, a, a reason why it's not working for yeah. you. And as long as you're not a big jerk about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just try to be as cool as possible. Yeah. And especially, like, if you develop a, a, a good relationship early on. But you're going to want to get what you're paying for. Like, you're paying this person. They're a professional. They're going to want you to treat them like a professional. And they're going to treat you like a professional yeah. as well. So And that's what they would do. Yeah. You know? Uh, should, you, should a lawyer develop your contracts? I mean, like it wouldn't hurt to have them looked over but a standard work for higher contract will be one page yeah and it just outlines what is expected how much you're going to be paying how much is going to be paid yeah who's involved and when it's going to get done it's very simple you could literally just paint just cut just just change the names yeah. and the details and you have a script or you have yes. a, you have, a, you have a, a, a contract my mom is a lawyer so mm -hmm. I just have her look over any contracts yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there are more lawyer, there are more law students now than are lawyers working today. So odds are you probably know someone either in law school yeah. or that is a lawyer, either a friend or a family friend or a, or a family member. And just say, if you're really worried about it, have them look it over. But for the most part, 
a work for hire contract is so standard and so cut and dry there's no need for you to look over with a lawyer. Yeah, um, exactly. You just, you just want to say, am I covered? You want to know if you're covered, and, like, here's the thing. The first time out, like, go, and this is going to sound so weird, but I, I I, would definitely read up on other people's use of either of those contracts or, like, things that you knew that didn't know you wanted in there. Like, um, when I used to do freelance design, um, I, when I first started out, I didn't know anything about setting up contracts for this type of stuff. And it wasn't until like after a few gigs that I learned about the kill clause, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, awesome sounding. Um, but what it essentially means is if at any point in time, like things are not working out between myself and my client for any reason whatsoever, like we have the right to, you know, terminate, terminate the contract, but I'm still owed up to a certain point for my work because of my milestone schedule. So it's stuff like that that you might want to consider for it. You know what I mean? Like you might want to have a clause like that in there where it's like, okay, you know, this person is not delivering. Yeah. I have the right to terminate. That's right. So, yeah. But these are all things that you'll learn in your process and, you know, just do as much research as possible. I mean, like you could also, you could also always just like, Go to your favorite social media group and ask people what their experience was. Yep. Um, and it doesn't hurt, by the way, in this era of instant communication, reach out to your favorite uh, creators and ask them some questions. Don't inundate them and bother them no. constantly. But like, if you have a very, very pressing question and no one's been able to give you a, a clear answer, just ask them. Yep. And you know, especially if you're on Twitter or whatever, you know, they usually get back to you. Yeah. Or if they don't, somebody else will. Yeah, and just understand, look, when it comes to contracts, like, the contract is to protect you and it's to protect the artist. The artist will have something that they'll have to say about that. Yep. If they instead say, like, look, this is my standard contract, if they offer it to you, read it. Yes. Tell them if something's not right in that. Tell them there's something that you don't understand. Like, yeah. you know, make sure that it works for you as well. Yeah, if, always. Yeah, don't, yeah, just, just go through Don't be through afraid. It. Don't yeah. be afraid to tell them that, like, this, this part doesn't work for me. Can we change this? Cool. Yeah. So there you have it, everybody. That was the show. And uh, thanks a lot for watching, everybody. And we'll yeah. see you guys next time. Uh, of course, this is a show that we do every month. Elseworlds Exchange comes out every week, every, uh, yep. you know, every, uh, what is it, Wednesday? Yeah, it is Wednesday. <laughs> so um, if I you. Left. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, so we'll see you guys next week with another episode that is not related to making comics. But no, next and month we'll come back and do exactly, it. Exactly, and I think Joel's back next month. I think he is. Yeah, uh, if he's not, then it'll definitely be Jason Inman because uh, oh. actually Jason was supposed to be coming on this episode, but he was busy. Oh right, well then yeah. probably be Jason. Never mind. Well, who knows? I lied, but we'll see. <laughs> but uh, hey, stay tuned on this channel in the next hour or so for another episode of Back Issues. Very. And- Special. That's right. It's a huge crossover episode. You're it's gonna a, love it. I like. I think you call it a, a crossover. I wanted him to call it a reboot. It is a reboot. Yeah. This is the, this is the show from now on. So get used to it. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys so much. And of course, we'll see you guys there. Uh, is there anything new coming out that we should be aware of? Oh, check out Tiffany's video on DC fans. She reviewed Doom Patrol number four and I gives did. a quick summary of what's been happening in the Young Animal DC uh, publishing line for Doom Patrol. Some from one to four. Yeah. So, Check so it out. Go over there. It's, a, it's the DC Fans channel. Yep, go it's great. It. Just go to DC Fans. Do and it. Check it out. Give me some love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we show them that this is worth it. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you guys next time with another episode of Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. And I'm Tiffany. So long, everybody. Bye. Bye.